Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs, hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc., featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'll dial 702-650-5588 to join in on our discussion today. We have a part two going on today, and we will get to that topic. Again, the number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a long distance toll-free number for you which is 800-366-8883 again that toll-free number is 800-366-8883 to join in on our discussion today we are actually being streamed live over kkvv's website and that web address is www.kkvv.com everybody wave hello and god bless if you have missed any of our previous broadcast you can always catch them on our Save the Lost at All Costs website, and we're being streamed live there as well. And that web address is www.savethelostlv.org. Just look for our weekly broadcast archive. Select the date that you like to listen to. Click on to it. Listen as often as you like. Encourage someone else. We have over two years' worth of archive broadcast. The gospel is always free on our watch. We encourage you to invite someone to listen. We have a lot of wonderful resources there too. Local Bible study resources, health and wellness, recovery resources, um, educational resources, just a real plethora of resources. Please visit the website and stay a while. Now, if you have an iPhone, we are also being archived on iTunes. So again, the gospel is still free on our watch. Most of us have a cell phone, and we can listen on the cell phone as well. KKVV has provided that opportunity. The AM dial is 1060 AM, and the FM dial is 100.1. And you can listen right now to Save the Lost at All Costs. So I'm going to give you that cell number, and I'm going to give it to you twice. I really encourage you to make it a contact of yours and get rid of some of those contacts you don't need. Now, that number would be 605 Again, that cell phone number to listen to KKVV anytime via your cell phone, it only works in the U.S., would be 605-313-0630. Now, you guys see me. I'm Sister Nina in the middle. And you see some wonderful guests, some VIPs, some very important people in our community. And God brought them to me uh, yesterday. Now, I went to worship uh, at a place that I've been enjoying to worship. 
I've been having a great fellowship there, and I want to thank Pastor Herb and Pastor April Atkins. They're doing a wonderful job, and uh, these wonderful people will introduce themselves. I don't need to introduce them. They're quite capable of doing that themselves, and we're going to go around the room, and we're going to defer to the lady first, and we're going to work our way around. Amen? Amen. All right. I just need you guys to speak into the mics. Hello. My name is Shante Van. My name is Lionel Isles. Hi, my name is Chuck Slavin. All right. So you guys want to wave again? Hi. All right. So uh, I know my love right here has something that she wants to do because there's somebody who's watching and listening right now that's very special to you. Yes, ma'am. I have a daughter. Her name is Alyssa Geraldine Nixon. And I just want you to know, I love you, baby. I told you I love everything. I'm doing everything that I told you you'll receive. I love you, baby, and I know that you do miss me. I shall see you soon. I love you. I know you love me, too. Amen. You're a woman of your word. You kept your word, didn't you? Yes, ma'am. Was that wonderful? It was extremely. All right. Well, you know, I'm your sister. I'm not your ma'am, right? We talked about that. Yes, So we're going to fall in love with each other, right? Yes, indeed. No pretense. Sisters and brothers today. Amen? Yes. All right. So we have a part two series, and the world can't have my child. We did part one yesterday and, uh, excuse me, last Sunday, and we are picking up part two today. But before I get to that... There was something that uh, struck me yesterday as I was coming to the worship environment uh, where uh, I see these wonderful people uh, giving glory and honor to God. And it's in our homeless corridor on Foremaster, uh, right off of Maine. And Maine would be on the west side, and then uh, Las Vegas Boulevard would be on the east side. It's a little bit past Washington, but before you get to Owens, on a street called Foremaster. Some people are familiar with that because they know where Catholic Charities is located. So it's right around in that area. Do I have that correct? Yes, indeed. Okay. So subsequently, when I, uh, the service was at 9, happens every uh, Saturday at 9, and I uh, was pulling up. And as I was making the right turn off of Maine onto Foremaster, it looked like a ghost town. It was too sanitary. It was too clean. And I just felt in my spirit uh, emptiness. I said, something is not right. What's going on? And then, you know, naturally I, I pulled in and the... uh Service uh, had started to the point where there was preparation to pray to increase the atmosphere so that our hearts and minds would be ready to receive what it is that the Lord had for us. So then I, you know, joined into uh, the worship environment. We do have a call. We're going to take the caller. And then I want our wonderful guests to pick it up. And then there's some things that you need to inform the community about, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Yes, well, thank God. Okay, we have a call. You're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. Thank you for waiting. Hello? Hello. Hello? Can you hear Hi. me? Yes, I can hear you. All right. Well, God bless you. Um, we wanted, I wanted to get the opportunity. This is Pastor April at World Fellowship Ministries. Hi, Pastor April. Hi, How are you? We are blessed. We are blessed. Um, we're, we're the ones who hold the services on Saturday at uh, 9 o'clock at the care complex. And um, what we saw when we drove up was devastating. Mm-hmm. So 
um, this has been such a uh, a sad occasion for us. Um, and I, I understand and I know that we want we want to place everyone in a good place. We want to place them in a good place. But don't displace those who have been displaced to take them to another displaced place. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen. So um, we want, you know, we just want the community to be able to understand what's going on down at Four Master. Um, it was not humane. It was it was inhumane. It was just completely done in not a nice, biblical, godly way. Um, I preached on something yesterday that talked about um, hooked on titles. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was so it, it was so amazing and so awesome how God worked that out because I had no clue what we were going to drive up to, and when we drove up to that, and looking at what my sermon title was, mm-hmm. it was it was completely exactly what I was supposed to preach about. It was just heartening, and um, I didn't like what I heard, um, Pastor Herb or myself. We didn't like what we heard. We didn't like how uh, the congregants or our brothers and sisters at the care complex, what happened and what happened to um, um, Shantae. And uh, I was just I was just disheartened. My heart was just broken. Um, there is something I know that everyone can do. Um, I know we have a congress here, a, con- a congress here. There's just something that has to be done, Sister Nina, and you don't just displace those who are already displaced to send them to another displaced place, and it's not healthy. We drove there, um, Pastor Herb and I drove where this uh, the water place is, and it was packed, looked like sardines in a can of people um, piled up with tents and on rocks, and I can't even describe what we saw. And it was just, it just hurt my heart. And... This has to be get. We have to get the word out. We just can't let you know. We can't allow this to happen. I have an idea of what, who caused it, and why. But there's just got to be something done. Hey man, there's I like you. To, I like done. you to stay on the line with us, Pastor April. I appreciate you calling in so early. And you know, I was compelled when I walked into your worship environment and was picking up bits and pieces. And, you know, things have been told to me. And I said, you know what? I don't want it secondhand. I uh, approached your congregants, and they told me that uh, they would be happy to come onto the radio. They're not paid. They're not being forced. Uh, they just have the Spirit of the Lord upon them. And this is what we do as brothers and sisters. We help each other. We give voice to that that needs to have a voice. So uh, I'm honored and blessed and truly humbled that this uh, opportunity came upon me. Now, some people would say, you know what? Ah, no, I'm going to leave that alone. Well, the Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit was with them. And, you know, we have to give an account for what we do and what we don't do. So uh, I'm standing in agreement with my brothers and sisters here, as I am with you and Pastor Herb, and giving them the patience and comfort that they need because the Lord that we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Lord of all patience and all comfort. So I think, you know, those of us who have voices and have an opportunity to shed light on something, it should be used for that. So I'm going to go around and we're going to defer to the lady at first because that's what we do, right? right. And uh, as the Lord leads you. 
I'd like you to speak about, you know, what you'd like to talk about concerning what happened. So basically, if I understand it correctly and based on what I saw, there were no people on Foremaster. Right. There, there were none. And when I was leaving, uh, I saw a police presence towards the end where Las Vegas Boulevard in the east direction. And then I also saw a marshal out there. So it seems like, you know, they were still, uh, marshals usually evict people. And the police, I guess they were there to continue to what they were doing. So you want to speak to us and give us the day that this happened? Uh, honestly, I can't remember the exact date. Okay. It was last week, Monday. All right. So I you was... want to speak closer to the mic for us? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, <clears throat> I have my problems with the mic, too, so I want you to know it's not a problem. I believe last week, Monday, was the 7th. Yes, uh, it was the 7th. It was either Sunday morning, and the reason I'm not sure is because of the time that I was let out of prison, or jail, sorry. Um, it's either Sunday morning or Monday morning. I'm not exactly sure. I was waking up. I was being woken up. I'm not sure if it was by my boyfriend or if it was by an officer telling me that I need to be removed from my tent. And Lionel's right here, which is your boyfriend, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so I want to make sure that we don't have a mystery man here. It's Lionel, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Don't continue. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, So I was, I believe I was coming out of a seizure, but I was sitting in the middle of my tent. And an officer, he was actually polite, walked up to me, uh, stuck his head in, he said, excuse me, I'm not trying to rush you. He said, but you are the last tent, and we do need you to come on. You have to put your tent down, and you have to remove yourself from the sidewalk. I said, all right, I'm sorry, I'm coming out of a seizure, but I'm getting my things together now. He said, he said okay, you can uh, go ahead and shut things down and just come out. I said, all right. I took one of my seizure pills, uh, I didn't take my seizure pill because I was coming out of the seizure. And I walked out of my tent. And I was standing up. There was a female officer in front of me. She said, get on my car. I said, I'm not getting on your car. That guy just told me to put my tent down. I said, why would I be getting on your car? She said, get on my car. I said, I'm not getting on your car. And I leaned back. When I leaned back, this other officer, uh, his name was G. Gill. J. Gill, I believe ran at me and straight attacked me when i leaned back from the lady officer he ran at me he swung his hand i turned my head and he actually hit my chin he hit my chin hard enough where it gave me a scar and he hit my chest as well when i can see where your lip is busted when he hit me in the chest i'm not sure exactly how things went as far as how I was being attacked but I felt like I was being attacked so I wasn't resisting any arrest because I wasn't told that I was under arrest what I was doing is trying to refrain from the attack that he was doing Mm -hmm. he was trying to put me in arm locks and trying to make me fall to the ground he couldn't do it because the way that he was coming at me the attack that he did it was actually intentional to cause me harm you're not supposed to hit anyone in the back of their neck. You're not supposed to put anyone in an arm lock where their arms are twisted back. Mm. You're not supposed to put anyone in leg locks where you could cause their kneecaps or ankles to twist. Mm. And everything that he did, it was recorded. The attack that he 
put on me, they said I was resisting. By re- resisting, I was actually in defense because he was physically attacking me. Mm. Now, other people were around watching the situation as it occurred. I'm not full of the details of the full attack. However, there is a video of it, actually three. Uh, one full video where a person actually saw where the female officer reached for me. He took his phone out. He was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that to her? You can't just tell her to get on your car. You can't just talk to her like that. And they were yelling at him, telling him to be uh, to back up. And uh, he, like I said, the guy, when he did attack me, another woman officer came over. She attacked me as well. She put her knee in my back got on top of me and another officer was behind her and as one of my friends was uh, we call her mom and we call her husband pop Mm -hmm. and as she was telling the officers to leave me alone and get off of me she was saying don't do that to her she has epilepsy she has seizures you can't do that to her please 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 stop she has to take medicine stop you can't do that to her you can't be so harsh on her and I could hear her and Pop yelling because they were terrified. Mm. As they already have seen me have seizures before. I've been admitted to the hospital for things like that, too. Mm-hmm. So, also, too, if, uh, I'm, I'm not sure as far as the situation and why they searched Mom and Pop. But they grabbed and searched them as well, too. Not reading them their rights, either. <coughs> now, when the process, as far as me being attacked, when it was over... I was beaten in the face. Mm. The officer who attacked me in the first place, Mm -hmm. because he couldn't restrain me, it seemed like his aggression was even more high Mm. because it took so many people to take me down the way that it was. Mm -hmm. He was physically attacking me. Mm. He was punching me in my face. He was kicking me. There was a guy actually in front of him recording him, telling him he was wrong. Mm. He looked at the camera, looked at the guy, hit me in my face and turned back around and said something to me and then they grabbed my head. The officers picked me up off the ground, threw me in the back of a car and didn't do anything else. They took me to uh, I guess a jail I'm not sure where the jail was. They took me to a jail. I still wasn't read any rights or told that I was being arrested or why I was even there. And the whole time that I was there I was telling them that I needed to take my seizure medicine because I don't even know if I had a seizure at the time by me not realizing everything that did happen besides Mm -hmm. the pressure from me resisting and defending myself. Mm -hmm. Once that's all over, I'm in a jail. They say it's a holding cell. I'm telling them I need my medicine. I had two seizures while I was there. Mm. The nurse asked me, do I have epilepsy? I said, I've been telling y'all since I've been here, I have seizures and I need to take my medicine. Every time I knocked on the door, every time I told somebody I needed something, they had an attitude, they were disrespectful, and they were rude. Mm -hmm. I didn't get anything to eat from that morning to the next morning besides two bologna sandwiches. The other stuff I couldn't even eat. I don't even eat pork. So I ate an orange. You were being evicted. Is this what this was about? They didn't tell me that. That's mm-hmm. still the situation. They didn't tell me what it was that I was doing. Okay. Only thing I know is I was told to get out of my tent, shut it down, pack it away, and get off the sidewalk. They didn't tell us what was going on. They didn't say we couldn't come back. They didn't tell us anything like that okay. until the day after. Okay. When I was released, 
which was on Monday. That's how I, I thought that I was in jail. Mm-hmm. I still wasn't arrested. They gave me a release paper that said that I was being charged with two crimes and that I had a court date. I didn't do anything. When I got out of my tent, the lady said, get on my car. I asked her why, and I was attacked. Lionel, would you like to add something? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to work that night. And so when I got off of work... Um, so when I, you say work that night, would that be Sunday night? Um, yeah, I guess Sunday to Monday. Okay. Because I work graveyard. Okay. So, yeah, I got off of work, um, got off the bus, and as I'm crossing the street, I see metro cars turning. And I'm trying to find out what's going on. You know, I'm thinking something is really going on, like a fight. So, as I'm walking up, mom and pop... Um, so, this is on Four Master? Yes, okay. this is on Four Master. Everybody sure. was, like, in an odd. You know, so I'm trying to find out what's going on. Mom and pops... Um, you know, was their mom was like, they got her. Like, what do you mean they got her? Got who? They was like, Shantae. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Not again. So many times. You know, when do this end? You know? And I asked the cop. I say, uh, excuse me, what's the whole reason for her being, you know, detained? They say that she was obstructing the sidewalk. I'm like, what do you mean the obstructing the sidewalk so obstructing the sidewalk yes. that's what they said yes they said that she was obstructing the sidewalk i was like that that's ridiculous because you know anytime that somebody is on the sidewalk that's them been there i mean i never heard no such thing as obstructing the sidewalk and then i uh went to go and give them her seizure medicine Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was like, you know, that's something crazy that y'all got her in handcuffs and y'all about to take her to jail. One of the officers said that she might not go to jail, but if she if she might not go to jail, why is she still on the back of the police car? That's my only my only was thing was it. And after asked the uh, officer where was she going, they told me the location where she was going. And you know, I was just like, when do this stop? When do this end? I'm really like. I don't like it because I always get a negative feeling when I when I get off of work. And, you know, I always pray and ask God to please let nothing harmful happen to her because, you know, uh, why all the stuff going on, you know. And this is the last thing that I really want to hear is that they keep taking her to jail for whatever reason. You know, it's not fair. I just think that they feel like they can do it. Because they have the authority. So, yeah. Okay, Chuck? Well, I hear something about a wash. What What is the wash? What, what's going on? Uh, Pastor April mentioned it. I need you to come up to the mic. That, that's up by the uh, the freeway. It's right next to it. It's, it's where the flood flood water goes. And go and that those flood waters are all the way from uh, Summerlin. That's where a lot of people are going to camp now because they ran them out of there. But according to people I talked to, they hit them the night after they hit them up at the up at the wash. Yeah, we used to stay there too. That's yeah, I mean, where we used and to. So, have our tent. so are they are they moving people from the wash too? Is that what you're I, telling I, me? I, I've I've been kind of in the homeless population for about 20 years. I used to work right up on uh, across the street from 
Salvation Army at a recycling place. Okay. All this city does with the homeless is move them around. They don't. They have not fixed anything since I've been here. They move them from one place to another with no hope of doing anything but that because they know they're going to get rousted again. Yeah, they came out and just told everybody, get off the sidewalk or you're going to jail. That's pretty much the and, attitude they came with. And if they took too long getting their stuff out or, or came back to get more stuff after making a trip, they hauled them to jail. And they threw our stuff away. Anything you have in the process of moving, if you're not moved fast enough to their standards, then they trash you. They don't too much ask questions. They don't. Their attitude is, I don't. They don't care. This is my thing that upsets me. Because even though I was attacked by the officers, I laughed at them. Because I'm trained. I'm military. The fact that the officer attacked me the way that he did, even if it was that I was under arrest, how he did what he did by it almost causing death to me, it shows that his attitude is, I don't want to be an officer, I want to be an attacker. Everything that he did. If you're going to restrain somebody, you have to do it in a way for them to be well, to be restrained, because otherwise they're not there to be restrained. They're dead. So based on your opinion and what has happened, do you believe that this was pre-orchestrated, that there were several agencies that collaborated in order to make this happen? I do, because, first of all, the officers, the Metro, whoever they are, I'm not from Las Vegas. I'm from Missouri. I came to Las Vegas from South Carolina. But these aren't police officers. These aren't people who want to hold up the law. They're people who are happy that they have weapons and they can do what they want to. Everything that they've done since I've been here that in any way, shape, or form is service of a customer or protection of people hasn't been that at all. Their attitude when you can't do what they tell you to as far as you not having a place is, I don't give a sh- S-H-I-T. Okay. They tell you this out loud. That's your problem. They tell you, oh, well, too bad for you. And if you don't, oh, I'll do this. They threaten you. They're attacking people physically. The day before they did what they did to me, they got a man. And that was the attitude of the officer who even attacked me. I'll get you too. He doesn't know what the situation was with me and that woman, whether she's a police officer or not. When she reached for me as me having PTSD or whatever issues that I do have mentally, all those people there have different problems, and there's a lot of things that's going on. So they they were made aware that you had a, a medical condition? Well, I'm not sure if they were made aware beforehand when he attacked me, right. but I know they were when he did. Okay. So, Lionel, you did speak up, right? I did. Um, and you wanted to give her medication, correct? Yes. I, when I came to the, to the, to the um, scene of what was going on, uh, Mom was like, they have her. Once they told, once she told me that they had her in the back of the uh, squad car or whatever, I went into the tent as fast as I could and got her her medication for her. And, you know, I flagged down one of the police officers. And, you know, they I guess they were so involved in what was going, nobody wanted to really see what I was doing. Okay. Amen. So, Chuck, is there anything else you'd like to add about what happened? Well, it just, uh, 
I, I understand something's got to be done. Just the way they did it was, was wrong. It, it was just too mean. It, 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 they took police it, it cars right. and chased people round and round the corners. Mm. Went up and down Foremaster from 200 all the way down, telling people, oh well, too bad, that's your problem, F this, it's not my problem, that's your problem, just negative things. Even if it is for you to do the job, it's not for you to say as well. If it's something that you're told to do, that's one thing, but their emotions are involved with it too. It's like they enjoyed it. Right. Like, too bad for y'all. And, and, yeah, and, yes. And people it were gave them something people to do. were living in tents, and they had their personal belongings, and, and they just three wanted feet from the and they just sidewalk. wanted you to pack up and just move on. Is that yes. what I understand? And when they correctly? tell you move on, exactly it's, oh happened. well, where you go? Okay, Pastor April, are you still with us? Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay, ma'am. did you hear everything? I sure did. So I want to bring I, it. I want to bring it back to you, woman of God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. um even if, you know, we all know that that was absolutely wrong. I don't know why or who authorized this. But one thing I can tell your listeners is that the care complex has been helping hundreds and hundreds of people in the Las Vegas, Nevada area. And they're, coming at, care about, they're coming at care about helping people. You know, I, I I was there. I was there uh, and saw what the care complex has done. Uh, yes. I think we need to mention some of the services that they provide. So these are firsthand wonderful people such as you and your husband who are providing services, people receiving services. So can you guys talk about what's what the care complex does? Yes, I would be more than happy. One thing I know with the care complex, the services they provide, um, with the collaboration referral system, with several other organizations throughout Las Vegas, the care complex provides many services that promote self-reliance and a transition out of homelessness. Amen. Through a per- you know, through a personal case manager, Mm -hmm. Um, clients, these clients, they call them clients. They don't call them all these homeless people. No, they're clients. Mm -hmm. They respect these people. You know, clients may obtain the following. This is what they do for them. They do resume building and job uh, resourcing for them. They do ID and birth certificate assistance. Transit Um, assistance. Yes, they have a computer um, access where they can access computers, and there's a clothing area, one side for the men, one side for the women. So if, if, they have a, um, if they have a job interview or something coming up, they can go into the care complex closet for the women or for the men and find them something for that job interview. That's we have a shower it. truck that comes through on Wednesday to assist people with That's being able right. to wash themselves because technically – with you being homeless, you don't have a way at all. Nine times exactly. out of ten, if you're dedicated to it, you have to find someone who doesn't mind you using a public restroom, sure. which nine times out of ten is the library. Mm-hmm. Some people the, can't get there. And then, right. you know, they a lot of the, uh, it, hygiene products that you need that you can't get to, mm-hmm. feminine products, mm-hmm. pampers yes. for people who have urine problems, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's extremely mm-hmm. helpful. 
this is something that the, and something else that the care complex do that that I think is just so amazing. They do addiction counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have therapy they, and things like that too. Yeah, they have a mailbox and storage services, and we have a wonderful sermon place. service too. You know they have lockers for them. Um, they have, and it's, they and it's a very secure facility. I've I've seen it. It's very secure. The people seem to be very helpful and outgoing. I mean, you have your worship service there on Saturday yes. mornings at nine. Uh, I've seen feeding go there. Yes, I've indeed. seen people who uh, have ministries who regularly come in and, see, and set up things. things and to make sure people get stuff. I think Chuck, yes, you said sir. that. Uh, you got some sandwiches today, and you said that's a regular occurrence. Well, it, it's it, not 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 the same people all the I, time. I understand. But, but they in, instead of having them sit out in the street and get a ticket, mm-hmm. we invite them in to serve on our property where the cops can't do anything. Well, the people are still getting food Correct. on a regular basis from collaboration, different ministries, different people who care to come in and to make sure that the people who need it the most are getting it. And that's what I was saying about the police coming at CARE now. Their attitude is that CARE is assisting with what they're trying to stop, so they're trying to come at us in different ways for us to not be able to. So to basically make people frightened to actually go to CARE because they believe possibly there could be some uh, police contact or uh, there could be some uh, retribution. Right, and... Even with going to care, being a volunteer, that's part of you building different skills and working Mm -hmm. with other people for you to be able to get a job. Um, With Pastor April, has anybody approached you, uh, asking you anything? I mean, you and Pastor Herb are there on a regular basis. Has anybody even wanted to talk to you about anything to try to get, you know, some insight? You you guys have been there, uh, I believe you told me, since October providing regular worship service and counseling. Would that be correct? Well, first of all, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pastor Herb. Amen. So here's the thing that I've noticed. We've been there since June. Okay, June. Thank you for correcting me. And generally what happens is, is we've been doing worship service there, and we've been connecting with our brothers and sisters there. One of the challenges that we run into is that as we notice other nonprofits in the area doing what they do, mm-hmm. as we have the opportunity to meet and, and fellowship with our congregants, we're, I would say we're, we're privy to intel. I've got two veterans there in, this, in the studio, so you all can understand this term. Mm-hmm. So I'm privy to, we're privy to intel when people are actually staying at these other nonprofit facilities and describing to us the care or lack thereof that they are receiving. Mm-hmm. And as to what Pastor April just alluded to, all of the services that are provided there at the care complex, just for me, for my visual eye and my spiritual eye, there is truly care that goes on at the care complex when when, when our brothers and sisters are getting assistance from the services uh, that Pastor April mentioned. But we have not had any individuals from other nonprofits in the area that have spoken to us directly. Right. Well, I'll tell you this much. Um, I only had um, maybe a couple that my husband didn't know, but um, compared to, I I really wish, and here's, here's, here's my wishful thinking, I really wish that even the care complex was big enough to where they can house men, house women, because 
these people they're coming that's coming from other nonprofits where they can stay and we've been told on numerous occasions areas that they stay in it's not they are rather sleep outside in the tent than to sleep in these other places that that's full of bed bugs or mm. whatever the case may be. So this is what we're being told. I will not disclose which who said what, but I know for a fact and the Lord knows that I'm not just sitting here making this up. Um, that we, we've been told, you know, Pastor April, I, I hate going over to XYZ because, you know, I would rather sleep outside because they're, they're full of bed bugs mm. or, or the, or the, uh, the donations that this facility, that facility get, another facility get, the, the, the clients aren't getting it. The workers are, they taking what they can take because some stuff is very nice and they want it for themselves. Like with so, the food being served and things like right. that. Certain meals are to be served, but they are changed and certain people who are volunteering feel like they can do different things. It's crazy. Yes. You go certain yes. places and you have to pay to do different things, but even when you pay, they treat you like trash and process of. The thing about the care complex that I can honestly say I really love how they run this because mm-hmm. they even have volunteer medical staff wow. uh, that comes there and to make sure that uh, the, the people there are getting uh, great medical treatments or if they need medication or whatever. These are we talked in doctors and and some nurses or what have you. So um, yeah, even the simplest can- things, people are bringing us first aid kits. Yeah, yeah, just caring. So, so what are what our listeners listening right now? They, they've heard a lot. Uh, Pastor April and Pastor Herb, uh, they are at the care complex. They are there every Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning. I encourage you to go down there and see what they're doing and see what you can do to be a part. To, to help people who are there and who know what's going on. So uh, I've been going down there, and I've enjoyed it each time I've gone. Uh, the, that's a real work that's going on. I yes, mean, ma'am. a real work. And I appreciate, you know, both of you and what God has put on your heart and that you're steadfast and you're coming back and that the people yes. know what to expect from you and they know what to expect from, uh, you know, the care facility. That That is just amazing. But I'd like to share some scripture to encourage you, to encourage us who are doing the work, and so that we can continue to partner with you and to help you. And uh, we need to be able to convey to you that you're not alone. Yes, ma'am. And that when there's community, there's no need for competition. We share all the resources. This is what this is about. But our people who are being uh, mistreated, Uh, Our community needs to know about that, and some phones need to ring tomorrow. Amen? Yes. So as the Spirit leads people, I want them to call and make some inquiries, because we are taxpayers in our community. And the Word tells us that, you know, Jesus came for the least of them. And so if we're really walking with Christ, we have to be there for those who need the The most. most. And it's nothing wrong with that because it's better to give than to receive. That's what the scripture tells me. And when you look at someone, Father, you show yourself to be so. Amen. So I want to take us to the book of Joshua. And I'm in Joshua 24. And I want to encourage you. And I want to look at uh, verses uh, 14 through 
14 and 15. And I want you to catch this in your spirit. And I want you to stay encouraged. Today we are uh, continuing our series on the world cannot have my child. And if you can see and if you can hear these wonderful men and women of God, despite uh, what uh, their address is, they know who they belong to. None of them have been bitter. None of them have been upset with God. They love God more. There's light resonating from them. They're kind. They're considerate. They're intelligent. They're wonderful people. And if you spend any kind of time with them, uh, you would be so blessed. So I'm honored, you know, to be in your presence. I want you to know that. And uh, I thank God for this bringing me closer to you. Because he could have had me anywhere, but he made sure that I came. And Pastor Herb and Pastor April, I appreciate the invitation uh, to fellowship with you and the opportunity that you provide to, to receive me and people like me or anyone. So I thank you for your warm hearts and your great hospitality. So it's wonderful. So thank you. So again, I'm in Joshua 24. I'm looking at verses 14 and 15. I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What I'm encouraged about Pastor Herb and Pastor April, as well as my wonderful uh, guest here, is that Joshua made a commitment. And he not only made a commitment for himself, he made a commitment for all his house, uh, whether they were DNA relatives, whether they were, you know, servants, whatever they were doing, you know, with him and connected to him, directly or indirectly, he made a stance. And he says, yes, there's been others uh, that you know, serve, you know, different gods. And they're located over here or, you know, back from where we came from when we were in bondage in Egypt. Uh, there's no way for me to uh, assimilate with them. I am going to serve the Lord. Whatever that looks like, whatever that feels like, whatever condition I can find myself in, bondage, out of bondage, you know, facing threats, uh, taking on threats, going through storms, as Pastor Herb talks about, either you're in a storm, uh, you're going through a storm, or you're coming out of a storm, whatever condition you find yourself in, uh, this is a stance to take. And I'm encouraged that these wonderful congregants of yours take that stance, that we are going to align ourselves with the Lord, no matter what is being done or what anybody's uh, arterial motive is. So I want them to be encouraged. And I like your thoughts uh, at this time, uh, Pastor Herb or Pastor April. Well, I tell you, uh, first of all, thank you for going to that scripture there. Um, you know, one of the things that my wife and I have um, dealt with in our ministry is that we've had the opportunity to be in large mega churches of thousands of people and then the church where it starts in the home. And whether it's one congregant, a hundred congregants, or a thousand congregants, something in that scripture you read 
speaks to me about being consistent and being faithful. And we talk about this all the time, being I'm faithful sorry, I'd like to, to be word, excused for a moment. Mm-hmm. Being faithful to the word, being faithful to the call, being faithful to what God has placed in our spirit. Mm-hmm. We're, ne- we're never about numbers or we're never about the appearance. We're always about the spirit. And what speaks to me about that, we're going to be consistent with what God has called us to do in that garden there that we call the care complex, being consistent, um, staying, staying prayed up, keeping our hands on the plow, not looking to the left or to the right. So that's what speaks to me. And and the same with uh, my congregants. And, and I thank you for your consistency. So that's what, that's what resonates with me. That's what speaks to me um, for that particular scripture being consistent with what God has called you to do and being being present with what God has called you to do and be about his work. Amen. Because uh, when we make a commitment, uh, commitment uh, shouldn't be based on circumstances. Amen. Uh, because, you know, God looked on us and he didn't hold our circumstances against us or our choices against us or lack of choices. He still is God. He still loves us. He still cares for us. He's still the righteous of the righteous. He's still, you know, who he is. He's the same God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. And uh, that's the beautiful thing is that if you come down on Foremaster and really walk among the people and talk to them, they're not mm-hmm. different from us. They're mm-hmm. not different at all, are they, Chuck? <laughs> no. And people are, are one paycheck away from being right where I'm at. Amen. And when we look at, at homelessness, the, 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 the definition is that it just means that your housing is not stable as far as an address. And you could be couch surfing. Amen. You could be moving every couple of months for whatever. You know, it does not mean that uh, you are uh, uh, living without shelter. You know, so a lot of people, they're not sure what that word means, but they have an image in their mind of what they think it is, and they stick to that. And uh, the thing is, is that uh, they're PhDs out there. They're very, you know, successful people. There's all different reasons. Uh, you know, we have a veteran, you know, and she told us that she was a veteran. I'm a veteran. You know, so that speaks to my spirit. You know, anybody that has served, you know, uh, you know, look at what's going on with our uh People who are working for the government, they have been, you know, laid off and they're now saying, you know, after one uh, paycheck period that they're facing eviction, uh, they're facing foreclosures, uh, they're not able to uh, possibly get medication, you know, they are hitting the food banks too. And these are people who have jobs, but they're not being paid. So anything can cause uh, a situation to happen in your life that uh, you're going to need community. And to be uh, treated like that, uh, that's just grievous to my spirit. That just hurts me. Understood. Understood. So, uh, Pastor, I know you're a man that, that loves Scripture just like uh, Pastor uh, April does. And uh, I would like... As the Holy Spirit leads you, if you can share, you know, some scriptures to encourage our listeners, because I'm sure some listeners, uh, they had no idea. They're truly shocked. I, I would assume that some of the listeners are in disbelief because they didn't see it on the news. See, because they didn't see it on the news 
or they didn't hear about it, they assume, oh, it didn't happen. It's not as bad as they say it is. You know, these people were traumatized. You know, trauma deals with either abuse or neglect. You know, when you have abandonment, when you have rejection, uh, you know, people being abused, people's, uh, just their bodies, you know, their, their sense of safety being challenged and violated to the point where they're thinking they can be killed. That's very serious. And we should take it, you know, quite serious. Amen. Amen. So let me share. I'll be brief. Um, we, we got about 10 minutes, Pastor, so we're rocking with you as the Spirit leads you. I appreciate you and uh, Pastor April making yourselves available. I know you guys uh, had purpose it in your heart uh, to be with us, but uh, the Holy Spirit said you was going to do something different. So I appreciate you multitasking in the Spirit. So thank you. Yes, amen. 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 So, uh, Are you feeling better, love? I'm working on it. I think it felt like something was stuck in my throat and I just started choking. I well, felt bad. Well, well, the thing is, Lionel's here. We're all here. And I'm glad that you felt that you didn't have to stay and you can move around. Amen? Yes, Amen. ma'am. Okay. So uh, the, the Holy Ghost <laughs> is still in the healing business. Amen? Amen. So we're going to give the Holy Ghost the credit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And for y'all Amen. young folks, that'd be the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. <laughs> okay, Pastor Herb. So staying, staying in the, the seasonal mode, I'm glad you, you quickly talked about um, something I've shared. Uh, either in a storm, leaving a storm, or coming out of a storm. Mm-hmm. And that always that always quickly brings me back to Ecclesiastes 3. Okay, so let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Amen? Yes. Okay. Amen. I'm going to be New Living Translation. I'm going to run through scripture. Just kind of share some things. So my favorite set of scripture, time for everything. Amen. Uh, the word of the Lord reads as thus. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. For everything, there is a season. Amen. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather those stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Mm -hmm. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Mm -hmm. This just speaks to me this way. We have to recognize what time, what season what situation we're in, and what God is calling us to do. This, for me, is a time to speak. Amen. This is a time to speak. Uh, Sister Nina, as you alluded to, we have got to uh, light up these phone lines for our city, state, and county representatives as to what occurred there down on Mm -hmm. Foremaster. Um, That's got to be one of our tasks this week. Because I, 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 when I first saw this and took in everything yesterday and had a chance to sleep on it and then thinking about it today, there's a side of me that looks at we've got our different forms of government. We've got those that write our legislation. We've got those that interpret our legislation. We've got those that have to enforce our legislation. Right. Now, if those police officers were given a directive to go do X, Y, and Z, there's a way you go do X, Y, and Z. I have a problem with how they did X, Y, and Z. 
if someone from a different part of our legislative branch had, had said, you must go do this and clear this area out of this, okay? That's the directive they were given. But it's how you do it. It's how you talk to people, how you relate to people. You don't need to put your hands on anyone. All you need to say is, young lady, young man, we've been given a directive to clear the area. That gives those people the opportunity to gather their things and to walk away rather than what happened to my sister. Right. That is my that is my issue there, and I want I want our listeners to understand what our forms of government and those that have to write the legislation, those that have to understand it, and then those that have to enforce it. We need to be aware that those that enforce it aren't necessarily the ones that were told to go do it, but it's how they executed what they were directed to do. Well, my my so for, my, my thing is, Amen. When we're talking about the care complex, the care facility, yes. the word care. You know, uh, where were the mental health workers? You know, where were the veteran representatives? You know, there's so many agencies that could have done something collectively. And if we really care, then trauma is not what we want to leave people with. Uh, If you have a child or someone that you love and you care about and they're in a transitional stage, uh, the world can't have your child. This is the opportunity to speak up for them now. This is an opportunity to make a phone call. You know, we are taxpayers. We are men and women of God. We need to hold people accountable, and we need to have answers. So the thing is, the most thing that I could do is give them a voice. And I will continue to give them the voice. And I will continue to partner with uh, ministries such as uh, yours and and your wife. And, uh, you know, this is it. I I can't close my eyes. I'm not going to close my eyes. So we love you. We're signing off. Uh, Save the loss at all costs. God bless you. And we will do part three next week. The world cannot have my child. Amen. Amen. We love you. Bye-bye. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKBV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 33 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.